Good morning. Welcome to Pierce Point Community Church. My name is Dylan Adams. I am a deacon in training and the youth leader here. Uh, welcome to everyone here in person and everyone here online. Today, uh, we will be talking about the topic of, is doubt the enemy of faith? Um, that is a good question, and hopefully by the end of it, we, uh, we have a solid answer. The scripture that I was given to kind of dig through for this uh, comes out of Mark, Mark 9, verses 14 through 29. Uh, that's kind of, in this story, we'll see a man with a son that has uh, a demon that's causing him to have seizures and all these things, and we see the interaction that he has with Jesus in the midst of, of, of all of that. So let's read that. It's, uh, I'm going to be reading out of Mark 9, verses 14 through 29, if you want to follow along. When they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. Immediately, when the entire crowd saw him, Jesus, they were amazed and began running to greet him. And he asked them, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son, possessed with a spirit, which makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it slams him into the ground, and he foams, out, foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast it out, and they could not do it. And he answered them and said, O oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I, shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. They brought the boy to him. When he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion and falling to the ground, and he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, it has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to, saying to it, You deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. After crying out and throwing him to it into terrible convulsions, it came out, and the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him, took him by the hand and raised him, raised him, and he got up. When he came to the house, his disciples began questioning him privately. Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, this kind can, can come out, cannot come out by anything but prayer. That is a story that we will unpack here in just a moment. Before we do that, I want to give you other examples of doubt in Scripture. Um, I now take you to Matthew chapter 14, verses 28 through 31, where we see Peter telling Jesus, if it is you, Lord, call me out of the boat. Jesus does. Peter steps out of the boat, looks around him at the uh, crashing waves and the wind and all this stuff, and, and instantly begins, begins, begins to sink. And of course, in this story, Jesus reaches out his hand, pulls him up, and asks him, you have little faith, why did you doubt? He doesn't say, hey, you're stupid, like what, like, what are you doing? You were already on the water. He said, why did you doubt? Now, of course, in this circumstance, we see that Peter's doubt comes from looking at the circumstances around him. He was already on the water. He was already walking on water. And he looked around 
saw the waves, and, and, and that enough of that doubt handled in the wrong way caused him to start sinking. Then we have doubting Thomas, which, let's be fair, this man doubts in Scripture one time, and for the rest of the existence of Christianity, this man will always be doubting Thomas. We will get to heaven, and we will probably call him Doubting Thomas. Poor Thomas. <laughs> like, like what, what, if we, what if we made one mistake and that just followed us around for the rest of our life? Like, that's, that's rough. As we know in the Doubting Thomas story, which is so unlucky for Thomas, um, when Jesus shows himself to the other disciples, Thomas is not in the room. Lucky him. So he comes back, and everybody's like, you're not going to believe this. And he's like, I don't. Um, so uh, rightfully so. I mean, he had watched Jesus be crucified. He'd watched all of these things happen. It's very difficult if, if you did not see Jesus with your own eyes to say, yes, he's definitely risen again. He's definitely back. I, I would say that all of the other disciples, if they had not seen Jesus in person, probably would have had a similar reaction that Thomas did. Unfortunately, Thomas is the only one not in the room, so now he is doubting Thomas. Now, we see another interaction as Thomas is working through this doubt. We see another interaction where Jesus shows himself again to the disciples, and Thomas is finally in the room for this one. Um, and that's, that's when Jesus says, you know, put your, put your hands in the, in, in, the, in the scars or put your hands in the wounds and, you know, feel, feel, the, feel the place where the nails were and all these things. And, and, of course, at that point, Thomas acknowledges him as Lord, of course. Um, at the end of that, uh, Jesus says, blessed are those who believe without seeing. Now, he still isn't condemning Thomas here. He's not saying, you, you can't follow me because you had doubt. He's just saying, blessed are those who believe without seeing, because that's us. We are the ones that are believing without seeing, because we've never seen Jesus. We can't put our hands in his, in his wounds. We can't we can't see the, the scars on his hands. We, we, we will never see that, not, not, in, not in this life, but we still believe. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. And then we have another interesting thing. <laughs> um, right before Jesus gives the Great Commission to, to, the, to, 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 to the disciples, sorry, in uh, chapter, Matthew 28, verses 16 through 17, um, we get this, and I, I'm just going to read if it'll pop up for me. There we go. So... Super crazy. We've got verses 16. But, even, but the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. Here's the crazy thing here. At this point, they have seen Jesus. They, like he has risen from the dead. Some were doubtful. The, book of, the, the, the Gospel of Matthew does not, does not indicate what they were doubtful about, but it said that some were doubtful. The interesting thing here is some were doubtful, but Jesus still gave the Great Commission to everyone. He said, this, I'll just read it fully for you so you can kind of grasp this. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain, which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, so they're doubtful, and Jesus is still walking up, and he's going he's to say these words. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. So 
they, some are doubtful, and Jesus says, it's okay. I have a job for you to do, though. So, that being said, let's go back to Mark 9, because I, I want to answer this question. Is doubt the enemy of faith? We see this father have enough faith to ask Jesus this question. Now, of course, he asks it a little weird. He says, if you can, and Jesus is like, whoa, what do you mean, if I can? All things are possible for those who believe. But the thing I want us to pay attention to is how this father handles his, his doubt. He says, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Yes, he has doubt, but he goes to the right person to deal with it. Doubt in of itself is not the enemy. Doubt that you may pass a test will push you to study more for that test. Doubt that you may not be prepared for a day of fishing or a, or, or a hike will push you to better prepare for these things. Doubt that your devotional may not turn out as well as you want it to will have you stay up till 2 a.m. making sure that, it, that, it, that it's, it's what you want it to be. Doubt does not have to be the enemy. Now, does doubt have the ability to push you, from, push you away from the Lord? Absolutely. But doubt is not the enemy. Actually, doubt can be a friend of faith, depending on how you handle it. Doubt can push you to seek truth. And when you seek that truth, you'll find Jesus. You can use that doubt to say, hmm, I'm not really sure if I believe the things that my youth pastor has been saying or, my, or, 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 or the, the, the elders of the church have been saying. That doubt will push you to dive deeper, if used appropriately, to dive deeper into the word and find that truth for yourself. It will then build your faith and your hope and your understanding, and it will get rid of your doubt. Now, on the flip side of that, Doubt, doubt does have the ability, if, not, if we're not seeking the truth because of our doubt, it has the ability to pull us away. That's where we all come in. Very commonly in the church, we, we get really antsy when people start talking about their doubts. Get really freaked out. They're like, how dare you question this? Questions are okay. Doubts are okay. We need to encourage people to seek out those doubts. A lot of the times what happens is people get dismissed when they have doubts. That is not the way to, that's not the way to handle that. Instead, we encourage them to seek out the truth for themselves. One of my favorite things about being in this, in this body, by the way, is Nathan sits up here and he gives these amazing messages and he says, but don't take my word for it. Go find out the truth for yourself. It would be easy for somebody to doubt Nathan. Don't take it the wrong way. Um, because he's, he's a man. He's... he's, he's He's a human. We, you know, we're, we're flawed. It would be easier for somebody to be like, oh, that's what Nathan believes. But if they seek that out for themselves, it's a whole lot harder to be like, oh, that's, that's what Jesus believes. It's like, yeah, yeah, that is what Jesus believes. You should probably believe it too. We need to encourage people to not bury their doubt because if you bury it and you don't talk about it, it's going to fester and, and be, become something even worse. We need to encourage people to, to seek out the truth and deal with their doubt in an appropriate manner. Doubt is okay. It can be a friend to your faith. It can drive you deeper than you ever thought possible. 
and, and, and push you into a truth that you didn't know you could find. Even as I, I'm, I'm sure we could all search our own, our own walks and, and, and see situations where we had doubt and how we handled those. And sometimes we handled them well and sometimes we didn't. But those moments where, where I hear something from a teacher or a preacher and it like, it puts like an edge on my heart where I'm like, mm, I, don't, I don't know about that. Like I, I, I was like, I, I have doubts that, that that's true. I, you know, I, I, I was raised up in, you know, my beginning years of a, of a believer in a very charismatic church. And there were a lot of things where I'm like, are you sure about that? Like, um, that pushed me as a new believer to dig into those things. And the crazy part is that doubt pushed me to find more truth, which made me even more passionate about the walk that I was walking. Doubt doesn't have to be the enemy, and it's not the enemy of faith. It really depends on how we choose to use it. And we as a body need to, need to make sure that we are handling people with doubt in a very delicate manner and encouraging them to seek these things out and helping them seek them out. Some people may not know how to study the word. Teach them. If you're, don't be scared of their doubts. Be encouraged that they're wanting to seek. Because that's what doubt is. Just somebody that lacks understanding and they want that understanding, or at least they should. And if, the, if you have somebody that has doubt, but also the desire to understand, that person is a perfect person to lead in the right way. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that even though we do have doubts, that you, you are still here to, to teach us and to guide us. You do not forsake us the moment that we have a doubt and just throw us aside. You, you are merciful and loving. Father, we, we pray that we have a, a new heart for people that come to us with doubts, that we don't well up with fear or nervousness, but that we guide them in a way to work through their doubts. Lord, I ask that you bless Jacob as he, as he delivers a message today that you use him as your mouthpiece, you fill him with peace and courage as he, as he shares his, his heart with this, with this congregation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.